Welcome back to another episode of Sports Refined Podcast. This is season four, everyone. Season four, four seasons in. Fellas, happy new year. I'm your host, the best host, Premium Nam, alongside with the people's champ, Casey. And then we got uh, Mr. Rail to Rail. How you doing, my brother? Happy new year. Happy new year. Happy new year. Happy new year. What's up? I miss y'all, man. That's a whole fact. Hopefully this COVID situation over. Happy New Year's, fellas. Y'all look good. I gained weight. Got your beds connected. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm on a weight loss journey right now. I'm down okay, 18 yeah. pounds. You're like, losing weight. Other people gaining weight. Trying to get to your level. I ain't going to lie. I was sna- I've been snacking during quarantine. I-, I had some nachos last night. I ain't going to lie. I ain't gonna lie. Nachos. I'm eating whole steaks and <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, getting crazy. All right. What you guys uh any new year's resolutions this year? Or are you guys uh over it? Uh I'm actually nervous, man. The way twenty twenty came through, we don't know what to expect. So I just pray it ain't that. <laughs> That's it. Fair enough, fair enough, fine, fair enough. Casey, what you got? Um just nothing too crazy. Nothing too crazy. Keep like Rel said, hoping after 2020, nothing goes too crazy too left. Just keep that faith. We all have a good year. That's all the yeah. time and I'm on. All right, trifecta. I feel the same exact way. Hopefully we can just move on with some positivity, some good sports shows, you know. I mean, let's go and do that. Um, so let's get right into it. Today was the last day for the NFL's season the playoffs start next year i mean next year the playoffs start next week what were your guys biggest takeaway from this current nfl season i'm gonna start with casey first um nah should have went me first you're gonna take my answer not that <laughs> <laughs> um for, for me my biggest takeaway because and um one of my biggest takeaways i ain't gonna lie shout out to the cleveland browns for making it to the playoffs and like Lord knows how long. Nope. Oh my god. Anyway, yeah, congratulations to them. Follow us at Sports Redefine. But um the everybody was saying Bill Belichick in this system. I mean, you you just you plug and play and you you give other people helmets and they go out there and play and you let Tom Brady go and you would still be good because you know the system. And once again, Tom Brady was not the quarterback for Bill Belichick, and he didn't make the playoffs. Tom Brady goes to a team that hasn't made the playoffs since 2007, 2008, and he, his first season there, he leads them in front. He leads the franchise in touchdown passes. I'm not saying he had a perfect season, but I'm just saying, keep Tom Brady, you make the playoffs and you compete in. When Tom Brady is there, you not in the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. That's my biggest takeaway from it. Bro, what you got? He stole my answer once again. Shout out to, uh, <laughs> we can talk about it. Go for it. Go for it. Nah, shout out to the Cleveland Browns. I don't remember the last time they were good. What's 2002? 19 years. What was I, 12? Yes, sir. 12. So, shout out to that. Um, me, personally, I watched Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, this guy is really good. I may be late. <laughs> Everybody's going to be like, well, wait, what? But I didn't really, you know, I know about him, but I ain't really watched. Now I'm able to watch, watch. Like, okay, now nah, this dude is dope. Like, before I left, he just threw a touchdown pass in the Bears game. It was, like, a really pretty dope bullet. And I'm like, yo, this guy's really good. So that's for me, Aaron Rodgers and uh, the Browns. And, of course, watching Bill Belichick 
and the New England Patriots post Tom Brady. All right. Um, so I guess we all had the biggest takeaway. However, I'm going to go different than you guys. My biggest takeaway is that Bill Belichick is actually better at his job than Tom Brady, right? And I say this for the same reason that, KC, uh, you alluded to the fact that Bill Tom Brady's teams are in the playoffs. They're 11 and 5. First time Bucks have been to the playoffs in a while, right? And this is the first time the Patriots have not made the playoffs. However, if you had the situation Belichick had in, they went 7 and 9. I'm not saying it's a good record, but the fact that coming into the season that eight of your starters from defense decided not to play because of COVID reasons. That's huge, right? Because on a, on a defensive team, you have 11 players, right? Mm-hmm. If eight of your starters say, no, we're not playing, you're, you're um, stuck with eight new players that's on your, from your bench. So you have eight bench players for the whole season. Once again, we know there was no preseason. Practices are limited. It's like kind of like a bubble situation. So to do that off rip and get seven wins, that's impressive. Second of all, his wide receivers, seven of them are undrafted. That's that's how many undrafted wide receivers have actually made it in the history of the NFL? Probably like only three, like Rod Smith in 1994, Wes Welker, and like uh Antonio Gates. And he's not even a wide receiver, right? Like Antonio Gates is a tight end. Yeah, so for Bill Belichick to actually like eke out seven wins with that roster, I don't know any other coach who who could have done it, right? Like you have the Chargers who went, I think they won six games, but they have like a franchise quarterback rookie, as in Justin Herbert. Matt Ryan didn't win seven games. Deshaun Watson didn't win seven games. Carson Wentz, who was in Super Bowl three years ago, did not win seven games. And they all have better rosters than the New England Patriots. Tom Brady, on the flip side, he has four Pro Bowl wide receivers. He has a first-round um, pick in uh, Leonard Fournette, who was drafted fourth overall. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Like, Gurkowski is a Hall of Famer. Antonio Brown... Borderline Hall of Famer, he might, uh, uh, he might be a Hall of Famer, but Tom Brady, like, your season's kind of handcake to you. I wouldn't say, no. hand, I wouldn't say, hand, like, I wouldn't say it was easy for him because, you know, the same preseason that Bill Belichick didn't get for coaching the same team that, like, with different players, yes, but he'd been, the, he was always the head coach for the New England Patriots. Tom Brady literally played in the same league that he's coaching in and didn't have the training camp either, which is kind of the reason for the interceptions and the disconnects with him and his team. Like, could you uh, could you imagine if you would have get, you're saying this about Bill Belichick is seven and nine with no um with no training camp? What would Tom Brady have been with a full training camp with that roster? Like that, Tom Brady did that at, at first year, no training camp. That's that's number one. And number two, I'm not I'm not saying Bill Belichick is a bad coach. I'm just talking about the he's not like it's the system. And I want people to realize, like, no, there's something significant that happens when you have Tom Brady at the helm of your offense and as the leader of your team. Like, that's not the first time we've seen a makeshift Patriots team where their defense had different players or offense had rookies or undrafted receivers or the, the component that kept them together was Tom Brady. That's why they were so competitive. Yes, in recent years, they had a defense. I give you that. But they've always had a makeshift team for the for the most part. Like they one year, they had Randy Moss in a stacked offense. A couple years ago, their offense was terrible. 
what a couple years ago, um, two years ago, a year ago, they had a top 10 defense. Five years ago, they was playing mostly offensive. Like they're always shifting, but Tom Brady was there. Now you take Tom Brady out, you make another shift. And you, like I said, seven wins with that roster is commendable, but seven wins don't get you in no playoffs. It, it don't. Unless you're in the NFC East. I'm going to play the fence. Uh, I get what Nambi is saying, but I also, I feel like it goes hand in hand because we also thought the system built Tom Brady. So everybody was just like, oh, all right, without the system, what is he going to do? Like Nambi said it himself, like, Without Bill check, there's no Tom Brady, and we proved it this year that uh, uh, you know that ain't necessarily the case. But I'm going to say, being in Bill system as long as he's been in this system, he was able to take those traits and the winning mentality and the stuff to Florida. So I'm gonna play the fence with both and say they rubbed off on each other being winning this long together, and now we're both seeing how they can still operate without each other because they was who they were before any system, before any championships. Like, they are who they are. Like, we got to give Tom Brady his props and we have to salute Bill Belichick. They're both all the famous. Fair enough. We got to disagree to agree or agree to disagree. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> agree with a lot of people. How are you going to start the sentence? You, you, you just want to you just want to say it's coaches and systems that we build players. Like, that's your no, motto. So, for my, for my take, it's not even about that, right? For this one, it's just that what you just alluded to, right? Like Tom Brady did steal some of the Patriots' way and take it to Tampa Bay, but nobody wants to give Belichick that credit, right? If you went to this restaurant, you took took the secret product and you went to a different restaurant and you you blow up, you stole my ingredient and you were like, oh, it's all Tom Brady. Like what happened to the, the molding, the culture, the fostering? That's the that same thing with you. the Warriors, though. Okay, okay. it's the same that. thing with the Warriors. It's the same thing with the Warriors and Steve Kerr. They say through the triangle, you know, we, we got to give Phil his props for that. It's the same thing. You can't deny where you got your winning mentality from and how you play now. Like, it, it is what it is. All right. Um. Next question. What is the biggest disappointment in this NFL season? Besides the NFC East or because that that's just <laughs> what I, like the whole division. Chill out, chill out, chill out. Giants about to make the playoffs. It's a Washington. I mean, I, you know what? I'm. I'm going to leave them alone. I'm going to leave the Giants alone. But no, I'm not. <laughs> I just, I don't get it. Like, Carson Wentz, dude, what, who, who, who you thought you was? Pardon my English. Pardon my, who did you think you were? <laughs> Pardon your Ebonics. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Who did you think you were by just, so you want to, the minute things go left for you, your coach benches you because you're playing bad, and now you want to trade. But you're playing bad. You can't, like, first of all, who, I, I just, I can't. I can't. It's, that's number one. He's playing bad. I'm going to leave it at that. He's playing bad. Um, The Washington football team is like, they're kind of up and down. But then it's like Dwayne Haskins is getting caught in the gentleman's club. I'm a, We're on Sports Redefined. I'm going to leave it at gentleman's club. There you go. And in a COVID pandemic situation when your head coach is fighting cancer while coaching is, and you're supposed to be the future of the franchise. What kind of like, what kind of tone does that set? It just, it doesn't make no sense. That doesn't make no sense to me. And that their team honestly wasn't that good. They don't even have a name. They don't even have a name yet. <laughs> oh, that was my point. Get a they, name. they don't have a name yet. So you just no, make it worse by being in a gentleman's club or they probably seeing James Harden, but that's another situation. Oh, wow. Shots. 
And then just the Cowboys are just, you know what, Raul, go ahead. We, I could be here all day about the Cowboys. Raul, go ahead. Raul, go ahead. <laughs> for, me per, for me personally, it would be Saquon getting hurt. I wanted to see what he's going to do in his, you know, this year coming up. Maybe we'd help the Giants do something. And also, uh, uh, what I was going to say, also, also Odell Beckham being hurt and not being part of the Brown success and him teaming up with his LSU buddy. And, his, you know, you know, that was disappointment to me. And, um, of course, the Giants and the Jets, another year, another losing year for our city. The Giants and might make the playoffs. All right, chill out. They might make the playoffs. That's, yeah, that's cool. But it's just like enough already. All right. As New Yorkers, we've had enough. Rel, to give you a ray of hope, the Bills are technically New York. Buffalo no, is no, New York. No. They have won their division. We tried. Other New Yorkers don't want to hear that. We want <laughs> what we want. We want the Giants and the Jets to do something with their lives. And come on. We're turning into the Browns out here. Come on. Um, I agree with Casey. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are, is the biggest disappointment. It's like you take their history right these are guys who were in the super bowl three years ago you won the super bowl three three years ago in 2018 now 2019 no noise 2020 you got worse right so i never seen a team that was on a high peak drop decline so fast within two years when you have all your core pieces right Carson Wentz is still there you still have some of your wide receivers i think like Aguilar got traded. He, he's on he's on the Raiders right now. But however, you still have your core pieces. And I understand you guys are riddled with injuries and whatnot, but this this is why Carson Wentz gets paid $200 million, right? Like, you hide my weaknesses. You hide the injuries that we have. Like, you figure it out. We give you a lot of money for you to figure it out. So I think that's my biggest disappointment for the Philadelphia Eagle organization as a whole. Like, it's just bad. Right? Like, it's terrible. <laughs> my my thing is, even if you don't have it figured out, you don't, you like, you don't act like that, especially when you're part of the reason your team is doing bad. Now, if you're doing your job and it's just not working out and you're trying to stay positive and it just happens to come out like that and you, all right, I want to trade. That's a different situation. Carson Wentz, you can take a look at like his season and say he's part of the problem. Like, like, bro, how dare you just try to leave after you was part like responsible, partially responsible for kind of messing up the season? It's like, what are you talking about? You want to trade? How you get all that money? You cry like a yeah. It's like how? Yeah, how how do we we believe in you? We paid you all that money. You had a bad season, and now you want money curse? Like what? It's a big money curse. The contracts be too high. Oh wait, 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 wait! We got to shout out Lamar, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson. Oh yeah, Lamar Jackson not getting no shout out. Take it to playoff win. I'm sorry, man. That's a feat. Yeah, and he's as a quarterback. I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm gonna to give Lamar. Lamar some credit because it took it took a good like. He grew as a leader this season because during the midway point in the season, they were looking kind of, eh, they might not make it. it. It takes strong leadership at that quarterback position to get your team out of a situation like that. So much props to Lamar. I, I, I agree with Namdi, though, to some degree. Like, yeah, bro, it's time to get a playoff win. No, no, for a fact. We salute winners over here, but that's, a, that's an amazing feat. We haven't had real quarterbacks like that. Shout out to the grandfather, Mike Vick, who started all these 
quarterbacks running their brains out, and Lamar took it to another level. So I salute you on that. But yeah, you gotta win now, buddy. All right, flipping to the best team in the NFL currently right now, the Kansas City Chiefs. They're currently fourteen and one. If the Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl this year and they win, how many do you think they win? Um, I I think they win one or two more. I'll probably say in like a three year span. Probably like a three year. They got a nine. See, my thing about the Chiefs that's what, what's happening with them right now is they have a lot of chemistry going on right now. That's like it's really grown to the point where is they're playing. It, they they got each other's tendencies to the point where it's subconscious. It's kind of like Lamar, um, not Lamar, excuse me. Pat Pat is kind of like, all right, I know Tyreek is one of the fastest, if not the fastest receiver in the NFL. If he runs this route, that route, or a goal route, nobody could guard him. I got this much time. If he's not open, Kels is open over the mills, uh, over the middle, Travis Kelsey. Then they got Sammy Watkins playing the slot. And then whenever that doesn't work, you just give the ball to Le'Veon Bell or for Audible. And, oh, wait a minute, my head coach is actually a good coach. So the minute I don't know what's going on or we don't know what's going on, Andy Reid will actually have a game plan. So it's kind of hard to stop that offense. They they were already talented, but it's like they're they're really gluing and meshing together. And it's just really it's it's an uphill battle trying to stop that offense. Um, I'm going to be nice and say, I want to keep it real and say after this one, they probably won't win anymore, but I feel like nobody else really has their, their, the acts, the acts together. And the last dynasty per se we saw was the Patriots. That's over. So to give them the next dynasty up, I'll probably give them a lucky three-peat. And then I feel like after next year, the team, other teams will start figuring it out and they'll make trades to, you know step their game up and somebody else will step up. But as for right now, the Chiefs got it. The chemistry is there. The coaching is there. Receiver is there. Running backs is there. They got it. So I get them, I get them a three-peat being nice. I think um, that there may they, – I, I agree with you, bro. I think this season might be the last season if some changes aren't made, right? Like mm-hmm. December, even though they won and they were undefeated in December – they, they play terrible, right? It's like, it's more... So in sports, you need some luck to win, right? But it depends on when your luck comes. The Chiefs' luck is coming to get to the playoffs. I'd rather your luck happen in the playoffs and not and be, before, right? Because what goes up must come down. So we don't know who's going to knock them out. Maybe I might be wrong. And Patrick Mahomes has made a deal with the football guys that he's going to, like, be undefeated. I don't know, but... Right now, I think this might be the last year. But if they do win this year, I would like them to see them three-peat. That's facts. That's what I'm saying. We ain't see a three-peat like in a long time. If they get it done, it would be never never been done ever in NFL history. Exactly. <clears throat> Casey, you want to say something? Um, I was, I was going to say, if I had to pick a team that is re- – like, let, let's pay attention to the Tennessee Titans because they, they have – the way they play football, it's – it's possible that they could beat a Kansas City from a standpoint if if they control the pace of the game and they control time of possession because Derrick Henry is a is a man child. It's like it's like LeBron playing running back. Like he he's real. It, it's really you can't do anything. So if they can if he has one of those monster games, Ryan Tannehill keeps his head on straight 
and they control the clock, I see it possible. But in a, in a shootout, I don't see Pittsburgh beating them this year. Pittsburgh don't have a running game like that. Then next year, who who beats them next year without – only way somebody beats them, in my mind, like you said, Namdi, you need a little bit of luck. But who who's built to beat them next year? Strong ifs, brother. So that's, that's my – I don't know. The Packers, might, the Packers might be – might have a chance, right? Because, like, the Super Bowl is not about – you got to look at the other conference. Like, the Packers might have a chance. The New Orleans Saints might have a chance. Tom Brady might have a chance to beat these guys, right, if they get there to the, to the promised land. But question, if Patrick Mahomes wins three in a row, right, if he does, where would you guys place him on your all-time quarterback list? Um, he's, he's, yeah, he's definitely top ten. He's top ten, yeah. I was going to say top ten. Ah, I mean top ten. No, no, no. I can make an argument. Is he higher than five? Is he higher than top five? No. Yeah, I can make an argument he's tied to but He's in the top five. Why Why no, Rel? I can make it. He could, he could win never again. But that that would be pretty good. If, he, never, if you three, never I understand that feat, but he could win never. He could never win again. He could win a three feet and be just playing until he gets hurt and retires. Like, But I, I ain't going to lie, bro. If, if that's the case, if it plays out like that, it's not a lot of quarterbacks walking around. People that play quarterback <laughs> in general no, on the earth that got three Super Bowls, a 50-team season, a MVP, a Super Bowl MVP. It's not a lot of people who play quarterback walking earth that got that resume. So that makes them them top five automatically if they get a three-peat. Top five ever. Ever. In the game of football, ever. He's top five? If he has the Super Bowl MVPs to go along with it, and he, yeah, he's going to be in that top five. I'll give it to him if he, of course. uh, Okay, y'all saying by default if he three straight automatically in there. I'm saying he's automatic. He's already top ten. If the three P happens, he moves up in rank. And if he's doesn't win again, but he's still very productive on all the way through his years till he retires, he's definitely top five. But but real, this like this is the thing why he got it like, and I ain't going I don't want to say gotta be top five, but I can mm-hmm. make that case because if you factor in his resume already, if they three P and his potential being that he's in his mid twenties still, it's like man. By the time he get to 30, if he get another regular season MVP, that makes two and two, three more 50 seasons, like 50 TD seasons. It's like, and you 29, 30. You retire, call it a day. No, no, no. I say this like, I say this that like this. I ask because I'm saying, all right, what if a guy comes in the NBA, wants rookie of the year, MVP, and he get a ring? That makes him automatically top five players ever? Nah, but that's different, right? Because football is hard to repeat. Like, the NBA, it's more easier to repeat because, like, it's longer contracts, guaranteed money. But if this one team goes to the playoffs three times in a row and win, nah, you top three, bro. I'm yeah. I'm but, it's all, but it's also one game. People don't understand that. The Super Bowl is one game. That's why it makes it's it one more game. Important. A lot of them games be luck. A lot of them games be super <laughs> catches to the helmet. And you, know, you feel me? So, you know? But I, I definitely agree. Mahomes, is, he's, he's a real deal. Because the last person, last time we saw somebody go to Super Bowl more than three times in a row was the Buffalo Bills, right? right. Jim Kelly. But they all they were all losses, right? So we're doing the flip side. Imagine somebody went to three Super Bowls in a row and actually just won. Okay. But to, to, to play the uh, then, to play this like to play the debate is like it's kind of I see what Rel is saying though because it's really hard to be like all right Tom Tom Brady Tom Brady Joe Montana. 
Aaron Rodgers, like Aaron Rodgers, Manning, and Drew Brees. That's five. That's five right there. They never won three in a row. They never played with that offense, though. That's the, it's like it's, hey, listen, time for time, bro. We we can't be like he won. He's winning the era. Like, <laughs> like I can't complain. Like what? <laughs> He's winning now, so he went now. Because if that was the situation, we can be like, hey, Tom Brady. Yeah, he won six, but oh, he didn't. He didn't put. He didn't win with a good offense. So his win means more than Joe Montana, who won with Jerry Rice. Like nah, like he won football. But it does, though. Oh, if you, it does, though. <laughs> it, it, depends, it, depends, it, it depends, like, where your argument is going, though, because you, oh, you could always add stuff to the debate. Like, he won, he won, but for some people, it don't count because of this, and some people count because of that. Like, we'll be here all day. Yeah. All right. So, we're in agreement if uh, Patrick Mahomes went three in a row. Top five of all time. Perfect. Yeah. Um, let's switch to sports. Let's go to the NBA. All right. So far, it's only been like six or seven games thus far for the NBA, right? What what have you been surprised about this far in the NBA season? Clippers um, inconsistency. Okay, why is that surprising? I mean, <laughs> nah, it's the, it's the it's the way it's the way. Like they they they'll wake up and play the Lakers, go hard, look like all right, we on to something. And then they go get smacked by fifty, like the next game, bro. What just happened? Like is this the same team? <laughs> Wait, uh, that's pretty much it. It's just like wow, like, and maybe, maybe, maybe Boston. I'm really saying Boston is not as good as everybody thinks they are. Like they're really not that good. In Boston's defense, they are missing Kemba Walker. Like I said, Boston is not as good as they think they are. Like it, I'm, t- I'm, I'm t- watching t- the games and I'm just like, man. If you, you right. missing your, your all star caliber star point guard, I'm just saying but he didn't do that last year, so it don't he had he had a knee injury. He, he had a, he was battling a knee injury last year. So I'm I'm just Boston saying. Kemba is if, not Charlotte they, Kemba. That's if, if they could get a if they could get a healthy Kemba and not play well, then that would be a surprise for me. I'm not surprised if they're missing Kemba and they're doing bad. All right, Casey, what's your uh, biggest surprise thus far? Um, for me, just. Like the the amount of like the amount of trades and like people going in different places and just how some of these situations are turning out. Like I can't have one. Like one one of them for me is the Russell Westbrook situation. That is surprising. I mean, you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. You make your bed. You sleep in it. But at the it's still surprising because it's like Russ. You did all that complaining for a trade. You ain't getting out of one win, fam. <laughs> you ain't getting that one win yet. They just got one. They just got one. They just got one. Oh, they just got one. Okay. All right. just got one in five. I'll leave them alone. But that situation is kind of like, so you asked for a trade. That's surprising to me. It's like, for all of that, why didn't you just stay with your friend and work that out? At least at least y'all were a playoff team. No, James Harden. At least when Russell Westbrook and James Harden played on the same team, they was a playoff team. Yeah, fair enough. So... I, that's confusing to me. Um, the Knicks, this is confusing to me. Me and Namdi kind of talked a little bit about it before we started. I too. I, I'm surprised, but it's kind of like a good surprise. But it's like, I hope they keep this up. And I, I, I hope this is sustainable. But it really was a surprise to me. Like, the Knicks? Y'all, y'all really trying to do something? Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, I just don't have faith in that roster, but they're doing okay. That was, that was, a, um, that was a surprise to me. Um Right. The Nets, the, the Nets really like okay. Hold on, okay. so I want to go uh, 
delve into like what you and Rel said, right? So going to Red Rel's point about um, the Clippers' inconsistency, uh, do you think you're being too not too harsh? God, I don't like that because nothing is being too harsh, right? But they only play six games. They're four and two. One was a blowout with no Kawhi Leonard. And then the other loss was a six-point loss to Utah Jazz team, which is like four and two as well. So is that really inconsistent or bad? I'm not mad at how you – I'm not mad if you lose. It's expected. It's a 72-game season. I'm mad at how you lose. Okay. How are you losing by 50, 40 points? Like, what, what? And y'all just play the defending champs and it's going hard. And then y'all play Portland and y'all don't miss a game. And it's like, what? Like, y'all don't miss a shot. So it's like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> you got to pick, you got to make up your mind. Like, y'all going to mess around and go 50, 50% the whole season because y'all going to win, y'all going to lose, y'all going to win. Like, what y'all doing? They out there front running. It's and crazy. Then, so, Casey, and you mentioned Russell and the Wizards. But I don't understand why everybody's giving him flack. The Wizards were bad last year, right? It, and they're the bad Wizards this year. Bad team, like, man. He was done for going there. But that's, <laughs> that's my point. Do what they did last year. But now I'm the Rel, that's my point. If the Wizards were bad last year and they weren't going anywhere, why didn't just work out that? Why didn't you just work out that situation with your friend and you have a superstar on your team? Sometimes you know your friend. <laughs> But for all, I'm just confused. So I'm going to not, okay, Namdi, if me and you have an argument and we playing basketball, but I know we're in a league where we're going to compete and be at the end of the season competing, at least in the playoffs of that league. Yeah, I'm going to argue with you, but I'm not going to ask for a trade to go to the worst team in our league. I'm going to eventually call Namdi and say, all right, we got to play ball again, bro. Like, we got to work this out. Or, yeah, but we're winners. What can we say? Like why? Like why? It just doesn't make no sense. Namdi gets me mad, but we're we're a playoff team. But Namdi gets me frustrated. Let me get a trade to a team that's not gonna do anything, just so I could be happy for like a week and a half. And <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. No, nah, but I think Westbrook overall, he's actually happy in a situation because he reunited with Scott Brooks. Probably <laughs> raising his hand. He reunited um, with Scott Brooks, and I think I don't know. I think the season's still young. So let's see how it plays out. Well, what you want to say? Oh, I'm gonna go back to something Casey said. It, it's basically karma, a whole bunch of karma. Like if you was as Russell Westbrook, you thought the grass was greener somewhere else. You've been at OKC, you wanted to explore and use your star power, and you go to Houston and it doesn't work, and now you want to go to Washington. I feel like he's gonna be floating. He's gonna keep floating because it's not gonna be the right fit for him. It's never going to be OKC again. OKC, it was all about him. You left that, going to other places where people already have their franchise player. They don't, okay, your triple-double is nice, but this is the guy we already gave our max to. So you're going to have to find a way to play with him instead of you staying at OKC, you being a guy, and they work around you. Now, granted, OKC is probably not the best desirable place, but that was your team. You called the shots. You could demand trades and all that type of stuff. So... Like Casey said, this is kind of what you get. One in five, bro. One in five. Mr. Triple W, one in five. And uh, I also think something is wrong with Houston. So I'm not going to put it all on Russ. Russ. Something is wrong with Houston because now James Harden wants out. Something's going on there. We need to explore that. 
When I said it, it y'all it, thought it, I was just it, being it. a mellow fan, but look at what's going on. Everybody's gone. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, bro. Let's talk about let's talk about it. Is there something wrong with Houston? Something's wrong. Or with Houston, is there wrong with their max contract superstar player? Because Houston has made a lot of switches, a lot of trades, a lot of fires, hires, rehires. It was Mellow Fault, but before that, we want to bring Mellow what? in. No, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. Oh. That's what they were saying. At, at okay, the you got it. Mellow Fault. But before uh, that, we need a shooter. That's Chris okay. Paul Mans. It could be good for the team. Oh, that didn't work. We trade for Chris Paul. That didn't work. We trade for Russell. That didn't work. We trade Clint Capella. That didn't work. Dwight Howard and James Harden don't match. That don't. Everything. My D'Antoni leaves. The assistant leaves. The GM gets fired. Everything in Houston is getting changed except for the best player on their team. So is there something wrong with the Houston Rockets? It's a little bit of or is there something wrong with the bearded one who it's a little bit of both. Wants a trade now. I'm just saying. You created a mo- but you created a monster. We told y'all years ago that style of play wasn't gonna work. Nobody listened. Y'all put all y'all gave Antonio all his money. Y'all I'm thinking he was a mastermind. That style of play does not work. It didn't work with Steve Nash. I don't know why you thought it was gonna work with this guy. And now look, he's gone. Created a monster. The diva wants out now. You dribble nine times. You step over. You shoot 57 threes. It got you nowhere. Now you want to leave. We've been telling you for years. Bro, this don't work. Bro, bro, and I'm going to nah, let you go. Hold on. And I want to respond to something Ralph said. I'm glad you brought up yeah, Steve Nash. Because at least they gave an isolation system. They gave the keys to that car to a pass-first type of player. Mentally speaking, that means he's unselfish. So the system wasn't ideal, but someone with unselfish intentions is running it. So you're going to overachieve. That's what I'm saying. Is the problem Houston or is the problem James Harden? That's all, that's all I'm saying. Because now we're going into two eras trying to run the same system and we're seeing it doesn't work. So you gave it to a willing passer. It didn't work. Maybe because the teams were better, but still it didn't work. The end result was get it and get the rank. Now we're in a whole other decade era. It's not working <laughs> like it's never worked. And but the monster is too big now. Even if James Harden leaves, like Tom Brady, that system is embedded in him. At this point, being an MVP, will he be able to go somewhere else and readjust his game? Same thing I asked about Melo. You used to having a ball. You used to having an ultra green light. Wherever you go, are you going to be able to readjust your game? You go from being able to put up sixty points to shoot. 45 shots. What are you doing that at anywhere else it's at this point? So let me let me stay here for this one, right? So you mentioned the Mike D'Antoni system that it doesn't win, right? You said it. It hasn't won. It hasn't won, so it don't win, right? If it hasn't, it don't, right? Like, <laughs> that's what it is. Well, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know what the Nets are going to do. We don't know. Right, so 2005, Steve Nash, the Phoenix Suns, that's what we're alluding to. They got to the playoffs. They didn't win the championship. The Houston Rockets with James Harden and Mike D'Antoni dealing the championship. So now, bringing fast forward to right now for the Brooklyn Nets, do you see them as a championship favorite? Do you think they might win a title? Because right now, we know if Mike D'Antoni's on that bench and Steve Nash is your coach and you have Amari on the, on the sideline, they're definitely running the Mike D'Antoni offense. For fact. They're definitely running the system. Uh-huh. However, the only difference is you have an all-world caliber player in Kevin Durant on that team. Does that transcend – 
the system. Yes, yes. They're 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 going to the finals to lose into the Lakers in seven games, but that's a different conversation. But they're right. definitely a, a finals caliber team just by firepower alone. Unfortunately, Spencer Dinwiddie tore his ACL. That doesn't help, but I still believe they have enough firepower to get to the NBA finals. Like that, that system is not gonna hold back Kevin Durant. Kevin, Kevin Durant, it doesn't matter what system he plays in, he can have 30 points on 11 shots. Then it, it also helps that Kyrie is a mismatch for mostly anybody who guards him at this point. He's feeling it right now. Like he's he's having a real good start to the season. So yeah, they're they look real good. I can't. I'm gonna call a spade a spade. They look real good on offense right now. Defensively, it's a couple of things I don't like, but I'm gonna give them a pass because it's the beginning of the season and they're Kyrie and KD are kind of older, so they might try and steal a page out of LeBron book and try to just really chill out for a couple of days, couple games, couple nights. But I'm gonna leave them alone on that note. But they they could make it to the finals. I, I believe they are, bro. Um. I agree with KC up until well, I agree with him. I'm just gonna change the word in a little bit. Um everybody's saying firepower, firepower, firepower. Nobody's really paying attention that KD and Kevin Durant, K- KD and Kyrie are champions. They won before. Of course, Kyrie played with LeBron, Kevin Durant played against LeBron. Doesn't matter. They won. So at this point, they know what it takes to win. So if you add this system, which gives them the freedom on offense. With the knowledge they have, knowing the defense they have to play in order to win a championship, that's different. I think that can get them over the hump. So we'll 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 see. It's interesting to see what happens. Like you said, it's really really early, so I'm not I'm not so hyped that they're like you know shooting lights out. I just think you know both of them sat for a year. They're really hyped to play basketball again. So I want to see you know as we keep going, what's going to happen. But definitely, I think it's a different mindset being that both of them, both of them actually have something to prove. KD, and now he has his rings, but now he has to prove himself away from the Golden State offense and, and Curry. And, you know, it's whispers that, oh, they carried him. You know, so now it's Kyrie's turn. Or you have to win away from LeBron. So they both have their own personal tips on their shoulders. Them teaming up, that's, that's crazy. It's scary. It's interesting to see how the rest of the guys develop and – to watch Steve Nash get the credit. Like he, you know, put it together. But we'll see. <laughs> so, like, one of my biggest surprises for this start of season was the Brooklyn Nets and how they came out and, like, destroyed the Warriors and the Celtics. I didn't mm-hmm. think Kyrie and KD was going to play that fluid in a, in a new lethal mm-hmm. offense. But then again, it's not surprising that the, it's a player-friendly offense, so you can just go what you do what you have to do, right? Mm-hmm. My – um. The reason why I think they will not, or they, they're one of my championship favorites, but I think I, the issue I see with them is defense is number one, but number two is the lack of a double team, right? Like, if you watch these games, and I know it's, it's a beginning of the season, coaches hold off on their um, tactics and strategies in the beginning of the season, right? But, Katie, you're an all-world player. You're not getting doubled. Kyrie, same thing, right? Because my thing is, Right now, nobody's, like, doubling them and saying, hey, Kyrie, you beat us. Hey, let's say Kyrie away. Hey, Katie, you beat us. In the six I games mean, that they played, nobody has done it. Not a good idea. Huh? It's not a good idea. It's not a good idea. Yeah, it's not smart with the way their team is constructed. 
Because not, even, but even I, think, I think, but once again, like no one, no one person could, could, could win, right? So even if you take away KD or you take away Kyrie, which is a difficult thing to do, my thing is, I don't see KD going for 70 points because we have to win. He never done it before ever in his career. I, th- I don't think he crack, cracked uh, 60 yet. You know what I'm saying? So, but Namdi, do you play Russian roulette with that fully loaded pistol? I'd rather not. I, I, I'd rather not be the first team Kevin Durant scores 70 on because he oh, has God. the skill set to do it. So it might I'm be not that. taking that chance. I'm not doing that. But still, still <laughs> Me personally. Thing, right? like, so, yeah, he has the skill set to do it, but will he actually put that main shots up? Right, because that's it. No, it's like a 70, 70 points. You, you have to put up like at least 40, 40 shots. Is KD oh, actually going to put up 40 shots? But KD, but see, that's the problem with KD is his shooting percentages are so efficient. It's like if you give him 40 shots, he's liable. Once he starts feeling it, he's liable to make 33 of them, 34 of them. Like he's I'll really that good. Right? I'll take my chances on that because it's never been done, right? He hasn't done it. Like <laughs> he hasn't done it. He, He's had 30, he's had 30 in a playoff game on 11 shots. Like not, he had, he's had 30 in a playoff game on 10 or 11 shots, I believe it was. I can't remember the exact number, but it, it's it's asinine. It's like, now do you really want to take that chance? Like I, I, I'm not knocking you. I'm just like, really? <laughs> I think as we go down the stretch of the um, season, you're going to see a lot of people saying, hey, let one of them beat us. It's similar to when you had Shaq and Kobe. Hey, since Shaq to the free throw line, let Shaq beat us. Like it's it's divide and conquer. That's how for you sound me, great for, for me, I see where you I see where you're going with that strategy. Yeah, I led, I just, that led to three people. True. But I just I just wouldn't <laughs> leave it. I just wouldn't leave it <laughs> to Kevin Durant, you beat me. Like, and I know I'm not gonna say this like it's an NBA game or anything like that, but to say Kevin Durant isn't a like it is possible for him to just because it hasn't been done before. He has the skill set. It's not an NBA game, but he has put up 60 in the rucker with double teams on him, a tighter court. So you can't really play the way you want to play, do everything. You want. You're constricted. He's seven feet. So it's like, but my thing is I'll take your strategy, but just apply it to Kyrie because his style of play just deems that Kyrie isn't a jab step, one dribble pull up type of player. Right. He's gonna overexert himself, no matter he right. likes it or not. So if you can, if you can force Kyrie to get a win and wear him down and make him win a game, I like my chances. But they're still like they still have great pieces around Kyrie. Even if you find a way to take Kevin Durant away, I'm gonna say find. So, okay. Um, you mentioned Kyrie. You mentioned Russell Westbrook. You mentioned Steph Curry. Who is the best point guard currently in the NBA? Um, are there any like rules of engagement for this question? Or like, cause for me, it's like <laughs> from a skill oh, level, Steph Curry. N- nah, from a skill level, Steph Curry can be in this conversation. But from a reality standpoint, it's like Steph, you don't have enough qualifying games to like I've seen Dame in okay. the bubble do what he do. Like just tell me your answer, bro. Is, yeah, you're, you're making <laughs> oh, it hard, bro. Oh, Dame Lillard, my bad. I was trying to create conversation, just playing devil's advocate. Why, Dame, why, why Lillard? Why you say Lillard? Um, I feel like I feel like I just I just like his poise. I like the way he carries himself, how he leads his franchise. No knock on any of the other point guards, 
But I just I just get Gilbert Arenas vibes from from Damian Lillard from a standpoint like I know I'm good. It's just Gilbert was Gilbert was talking more trash. But Damon's like, I know I'm good. It's y'all not doing nothing with me. I just choose to be quiet, rap, go to practice, and give y'all 30. But you you're not doing nothing with me. It's like with Kyrie, it's like a you doing you doing too much. Like you out here burning sage and you out play ball, fam. You got something to prove. Play yeah, ball. Yeah, Everything else come earth, after that. The earth is flat. Like he's he's wilding. Uh <laughs> Uh, who who was on the list again? Running back. No, so they're on the list. It's just who you think is the best NBA point guard right now. Well, what was the what was the guys you named? I, I have a point to prove. You said Russell Steph. Russell. You said Steph, Lillard, Kyrie. Yeah, Kyrie. Okay. In this instant, well, based off that list, I I will go Dame. I feel like he's the most consistent. I want to say, but more so, I want to say everybody else you named had a. Killer to play with. Dame has never really played with anybody else. I don't want to use that word, killer. Look at your face. All right. They had another <laughs> monster. They had another Mamba mentality next to them. How about that? Is that up? Cool. <laughs> so nobody else really, Dame never really had that. Like he, his co star is CJ. CJ's like smooth. Yeah, he'll get you some buckets, but he never had the, you feel me? Kyrie had LeBron. KD, you had Westbrook. Uh, Westbrook, you had uh, James Harden. Uh, so it was like everybody had somebody with them that's like ready to drop 50 whenever. Dame never really had that. So for him to be as consistent as he has been and for him to know that he's the number one on the scouting report and you still come out and deliver like night after night and like it's it's crazy to the point now that his bad games he's having 25. Like, a bad game for Dame is like 25, 28. Like, that's crazy. Like, what's going on here that 30 points is a bad game? Yeah. So, just just imagine if he actually had a team. Just imagine if he got a chance to play with a prime Brandon Roy. Like, it would probably be a totally different story. Imagine if he got mellow a couple of years ago. Like, so it's good. It's, it's crazy to think that he's doing what he's doing without no real help. And, uh, I just wish he would get over the hump. I wish the Blazers organization would give him the correct pieces to actually showcase what he can do in the big moments. Like the last couple of years, playoff time came around, they always got hurt. But like I want to see a healthy Dame on the big stage, full power, his team, his talent going against whoever they have to go against and get over the hump. All right. I'm going to say my answer in a in short while, but for Dame and the, Dame and the Blazers, they – Guy Robert Covington, uh, Derek Jones. I'm not saying they're crazy players, but Robert Covington is supposed to specialize in playing defense, right? He's supposed to be terrible. a 3D guy. But mm-hmm. my, terrible. <laughs> what what are what are they missing, right? Like you said they need something to get over the hump. So obviously Dame's not doing it himself, right? So what what addition does he need? Who does he need? Like give me a player. He needs a consistent co-star for real. CJ's not as consistent as I want him to be. And for them both to be uh, intertwining at the one and the two, they don't pass the ball enough. Um, so it doesn't it doesn't allow for the rest of the guys to actually get rhythm and be consistent in helping the offense. They more so put a lot of the offensive load on themselves. So when it's time to get help in the playoffs and it's time in big moments, you have to force the shot. You took all the shots. You can't expect somebody who took two shots all game 
to give you a wide open three to win a game. I mean, a la Melo's done it a few times, but that's Melo's been in the league 18 years. So they got to do something. Um, for, for me, the, the Blazers are, and I actually have like this weird conspiracy theory going back like, I say about 10 years for the Western Conference that I feel like for you to advance in the Western Conference playoffs, you need a really good small forward who's either a really good three and D type small forward or they're like a like if your small forward isn't a superstar, they have to at least be a really good three and D type player. Like if you if y'all remember, basically Portland has the same issue those Chris Paul and Blake Griffin led Clipper teams had. Notice how those Clipper teams had a lot of guard play and they had big men. The one thing they was missing was small forwards and they tried to add a lot of makeshift small forwards with Hedo Turgaloo and Matt Barnes and people of those lines. I feel like Portland is doing that in some degree. Like you're adding Melo at the end of his career. He's contributing, but he's at the end of his career. Al Farouk Aminu didn't really work out the way y'all planned it to. You acquired Robert Covington, this offseason and Derrick Jones, they're small forward type players. Robert yeah. Covington is the interesting piece in this in this situation because if he can deliver, I think Portland can take a next next step. But I feel like like a player like a Brandon Ingram, like if you don't if you don't get like who's a three and D like a like a Jimmy Butler ish, and he's undersized, he's really a two, but just his skill set. If you don't have like a Jimmy Butler on your roster, then I think you need a small forward who can go get you a bucket, number one, cause matchup problems, number two, and somebody who has fresher legs because Dame and CJ are just worn down and injured all the time. Like, let's keep it, there's too much weight load on their shoulders, and that's why CJ in particular, like, CJ, it's not that you can't be a second, like, option, it's just you, you got to get your health right, bro. Like, you, you always hurt. Even in the bubble, you you playing hurt, you walking around limping and telling my mother to go get this massage on my lower back and fam, nah, bro. Like you can't. I, I, I think somebody like a Brandon Ingram would fit. They in need a the they need an Eagle Dollar four years ago. Yeah. Like that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But even notice like the Clippers had this issue, Portland has this issue now. But if you look at a team that did well in the bubble, the, the Denver Nuggets, they had great small forward play. That um Tory Craig did very well in the bubble. Jaron Grant did so well in the bubble, he got a new contract. So I, it's just it's just a weird conspiracy theory I have. But if you don't have an elite level small forward in the Western Conference, you very well so much need at least somebody who can hit a three and play defense at an efficient clip. If you don't get that, it's not happening. Hold on, Nam. I want to I want to just just fix his conspiracy theory. The Blazers. What what what, what time period you talking about this conspiracy theory? Um, talking about early 2000s, there was no conspiracy theory. It was a big black dude named Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> they had a problem. I would say, I, I would say from from before, like that last healthy season or somewhat healthy season, Brandon Roy had that roster was fairly good. Okay, okay. I, I Nicholas Batum was the problem. Yeah, he yeah. did not deliver. He played okay. small forward for them. He. I'm telling you, you it's a it's a weird conspiracy theory. But if you don't have an elite level small forward, all the teams that advanced pretty far was Kevin Durant, Oklahoma City, LeBron now, Los Angeles Lakers. Kobe struggled in the West for years until he got who? Ron Artest. What position did he play? Small forward. I'm, you point. need a good small forward out there, son. 
shout out to shout out to you for that. Ooh. My um the best point guard in the league, like by far, is definitely just like Steph Curry. Um, no other guard is asked to do what Steph does, right? And when I say that, yes, Dame Lillard, he scores a lot, he does a lot for his team, but the way Steph is called to he has to impact the team without the ball in his hands, right? Like Lillard, he's dribbling, so I pick and roll, this and a third. So if you have the ball in your hands, of course you can you can impact the game. Steph gives it up. He's getting boxing one from the um, backcourt. Uh, back he's getting double teams, getting trapped. No other guard is getting trapped or double teamed. Or people don't even go that hard to play defense on these, on these people, right? But when Steph is on the court, for some reason, they got to do it because they can't let this one guy show out. I don't think any other guard, if you watch Kyrie play, amazing, right? But he's still not burdened with the shoulder that Steph has to play. Uh, mm-hmm. Lillard, a few days ago, said um, it was hard. Steph is taking hard shots now because he doesn't have the quality guys. But I'm like, hey, no, like, the reason why these guys are open is because of Steph, right? Like, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green was able to shoot these jump shots because Steph Curry was on the court. It wasn't the other way around. Steph didn't get open because of Klay Thompson. But, but no, it was the other way around. It worked. It's a two-way street. It's a two-way street because if you have Steph Curry, if you have Steph Curry on the ball and Klay Thompson and he draws defense like Klay Thompson's defender, that's very true. But if Klay Thompson is hitting threes at an efficient clip and he's scoring at a rapid rate and Draymond is making smart decisions, it works vice versa. It's not. It's not Golden State. Uh, it's not Golden State only t- like benefiting from Steph Curry. Steph Curry benefits from playing with good players too, Namdi. That's why he's partially struggling without them. Right, yeah, that's exactly what the comments are. Two way street. The, the shots are very harder to come by yeah. now because we see there's no one else. But so if you if you call struggling sh- scoring twenty seven points a game, then like I all right, because we just said Dame is doing bad games and he's doing twenty twenty five. If Steph is mm-hmm. doing twenty seven. How is that struggling, correct? Right. You talking about struggling on the fact that of efficiency, right? Like he's taking more shots to make more points. That's what you mean by struggling, because he hasn't scored less than 25 this whole season. But we're that, talking about I'm talking about shot selection. So what's gonna get his shots up, but the shots are harder to the open shots, the quality shots are harder to come by now because there's nobody else to help create. There's nobody else to deflect. And what to, to respond to what you said, Namdi, yes, on an efficient, like, statistical standpoint, yes, that's okay in the beginning of the season, but Steph Curry isn't built like one of these 6'8", six, 6'9", six, dudes. If you keep, if your workload is that much and that compounds and keeps going over the course of a season, doesn't matter if they shorten the 72 games. This man has an injury history. Is it easier for a guard to get a screen on top of the wing and score, or is it, is it easier for a guard to keep running around back and forth to find an open shot? Yeah, I think it depends on the guard's skill set, to be honest. Just answer the question. That's your answer? Nah, nah, it depends. That is my answer. Like, I think it, it depends, depends if the guard is a, yeah, a slasher, the guard, need, the guard needs the ball. So, once like I was saying before, right, no other guard, so every other guard plays option A. Every other guard gets a screen on top of the wing, and they're allowed to go to work. Steph Curry is asked to, hey, Steph, we can't let you play like that because we need everybody else to score, right? So your three-point shooting 
opens up lanes for Wiggins to cut. Your three-point shooting leaves Kelly Oubre wide open on the top of the key. Your three-point shooting allows Wiseman to operate in the post. No other point guard does that. Dame Lillard, he's great and all, but he needs the ball in his hands to affect the game. Kyrie, same situation. But what me, but what me and Rel are saying is, if if they, if Steph Curry has to take these shots to get them open, but the players he's the players he's playing with are significantly worse than the players who he was playing with. That makes his job harder because they cannot help him by making shots or drawing defense to make his job easier. That's all I'm trying to get to. And when the season goes on, Steph Curry is a person with with injury histories, broken the broken hand, the ankles. He he is an injury history player. So you don't want a six two six three guard with that much workload. You see what I'm saying? And yeah, I just no don't like it coming yeah. off of injury. I don't like it. I don't. Me personally, I don't like it. So piggyback off of what he's saying. To piggyback off of what Casey is saying, uh, now Steph is in a situation where he's basically creating his workload and making it harder like Dame and CJ. The only reason I give Curry the edge over Dame is he's more of a willing passer. Dame, if Dame would pass more, maybe he could play off the ball. But he doesn't pass enough to play off the ball, so he needs the ball in his hand and those high screens to get off his shot. Uh, Curry, like you said, he can play off the ball. But there's nobody else like there's nobody else to deflect. If they if Curry doesn't put up his 25, 27, his 50 shots, they don't have a chance. So it's like he's by himself. So it's making him look bad because his numbers aren't as high. But he's always been very impactful. And he's changed the way the game is played from a guard standpoint just because of his shooting. My thing is, I don't think I don't think this is making Steph Curry look bad. I think this is not nah, we just had high expectations for him for so long that now it's what I think, not the I norm. think this is a representation of who Steph Curry is. You're not a bad player. You're not trash. You are the greatest NBA shooter ever. You are a Hall of Fame player. You are an NBA champion. But at the end of the day, you are a six foot three NBA guard. You're not built like a six, eight, six, nine, small forward. So you can't carry the workload of a of a LeBron, Kevin Durant, a Kawhi, or you can't do it like that. Like the the team cannot have you play by yourself. It 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 can't work like that if you're Steph Curry. You are great. It's not that you're whack, but let me ask that, you a question then. Scary. Casey, that was terrible. You mentioned Kawhi, KD, and LeBron, who all believe in low management, right? Like you can't you can't mention Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> if he plays, but this like, is, but you know, this, he this, plays fifty games. <laughs> but there's a reason. There's a reason why players like that, like, need load management because when you're carrying the weight of your show, like the weight of your franchise, and you're the their like best player for so long, and you y'all know how I feel. Kevin Durant was their best player when he got there. That that's how I feel. He I said what I said. He was their best player. Like from a skill perspective. Exactly. The seven foot, you can do all of that. Walking twenty five, walking thirty, come on! And he proved it with the Finals MVPs. But it's like Steph Curry, you're gonna be carrying all of this like weight and responsibility. Not saying you're not a great player, but your the your play style does not allow you to play like with these with this caliber of player and succeed. But so that is what I'm saying about Steph Curry. So stay right there. His play style, right? So. 
do you blame that on Steph or coaching, right? Because once again, I asked you guys a few minutes ago, Dame Lillard is option A. Kyrie is option A. You set screens for them, they go to work. Steph is a better shooter. So as soon as they said... Steph, Steph is option A too. Huh? Steph is option A too. Steph, yeah. don't, Steph don't get screens. Why not? Yes, he does. Why not? So for the majority of the game, he gets screens towards the end of the game. His, throughout the whole game, he's still running around. He still gets screens, bro. No matter when they come, they screens. It's, it's, so it's a different kind of screens, right? Like, let's not, like, come on. And it's hard to it's hard to screen for somebody that's getting double teamed because I can literally walk away from Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Uber. It, it's hard to screen for somebody when there's two people guarding them and he's a six-foot-three guard. You see what I'm saying? Like, it, it's hard. No, like, hold on. All right, so I guess my point is getting lost here, right? I'm talking about if Steph had a screen on top of the wing, similar how Lillard – and Kyrie has, and they space it out, and they spread it out. I'm like, hey, like, spread it out. Let Steph go to work. That doesn't happen, right? Because Steve it's Kerr been happening. Huh? It's been happening. Steve Kerr don't believe in that kind of basketball. I'm telling you, it's been happening. You got to go back and watch the film. It's happened. That's how he got off against and the Bulls. My, it's happened. my thing is, my I'm thing is, Steph Curry, that type of play style, Namdi, isn't conducive in, like, for who Steph Curry is and how he plays. His best work has come from when he's played with other great shooters. And he doesn't play like that. Like, he doesn't – like, when Kevin Durant was on that team, Steph Curry wasn't doing all that. All right, take, take KD off it because they only played for two years, bro. Like, Steph been in the league for, like, 13 years. You yeah, keep, like, like – can, can we not act like Steph Curry wasn't in the league before Splash Bros? Like, he's always been a shooter. I get what you're saying. Like, you're trying to say, like, he – He's put more on a platform because of who he had around him, but we're not going to act like he was a bum before they got here. Like, we're yeah, not going to do that. Yeah, nobody's calling him a bum. <laughs> I'm just saying Steph Curry operates at his max capacity when he no, plays. He has, uh, let's say, like, he has operated, resulting in rings, when he had KD and Clay, healthy Clay around him. Other than that, he's always been healthy. He's always been a great shooter. He's always got a shot off. And I, I get what Namdi's saying. He's saying. Well, whatever. I'll let him explain what he's saying. But I get I get what you're saying. I'm just sad. I'm just sad that a, a former two-time MVP unanimous first time ever is now being forced to play in a rebuilding franchise. Like that's just bugged out to me. Like so, a couple so of years ago we was talking about y'all so, winning seven championships and now like you're being forced to rebuild. But wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. Can we agree, all three of us, we can agree Steph Curry is a better player than Russell Westbrook? Yeah. yeah. We can agree there. There's no argument there. Never been an argument there. We can both agree that they both play point guard. They're, they're both point guards. Yeah. Okay. Where you they are both, they, okay. In 2016, 2017, Russell Westbrook, with nobody else of significance on that team, got them to the playoffs as the sixth seed. If Stephen Curry is who y'all say he is, oh, well, who we believe he is, and if he's the best point guard in the NBA, get this team to the playoffs. Period. Get it to the playoffs. Russell Westbrook, as erratic and as many bad decisions as he makes, just you talking about a system is the system broke. You, Russell was saying, bump the system. Hey, I don't listen anyway. I'm going to do what I want. Russell, and he still and the, they have nobody on that team. Who was on Steven that team, Adam, Steven Adams, bro, is like, staple for Russell Westbrook's career. 
You could say he don't put up the numbers, but he's been a staple. So like, so Steph wait, Curry, wait, give Steph Curry, wait, Steven Adams right wait, now, opposed to that wait, senator guy, it'll be wait, a difference. Hold Trust on, me. hold on. So if you're building a, a playoff team, y'all are really gonna take Steven Adams. Over James Wiseman? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. That's yes. not where I was going. But where I was going that's was like, see, go. so wait, so, because I said somebody of significance. Like, so now Steven Adams is significant? Like, yeah, he is. We're not going to act like he's not. What has he done? Obviously, and, hold, excuse me. Let me let me ask a better question. What has he done that wasn't a product of Russell Westbrook being his point guard that is significant? Um. His defense. That has nothing to do with Russ. He's a defensive his presence, anchor. His presence, period. There's not a that lot of makes, bigs who follow, who are strong, who it makes him. Down, it makes him still so, have a post presence in this three-point era. It makes him so significant that he didn't win a defensive player of the year award in the last how many seasons? I think this ever. Is what I, this is what I hate. Everybody's being measured by the awards they win. That's that's trash. That's terrible. It's not enough awards to give to everybody in the league. But who all, actually, does stuff for their team. Like you can't do that. But all of us, Casey, but all to your point, like Stephen Adams, he sets like good screens, and there's no, screen. award, there's no awards for that, right? So when Russell Westbrook is coming downhill, you have a big body like him. I can get to the rack, right? Wiseman is a he's he's a toothpick. Right. Draymond just came back and he's out of shape because of COVID concerns. Right. So your best screen didn't come back. My thing is we can't look at names and be like, oh, because of this player, this player right. didn't do anything. Right. Because right. even though Westbrook didn't have all star caliber players team, he still had yeah. functioning players. Yeah. Right. Because Steven Adams, it was good. Billy Donovan did a great job. Honestly, that's so what are we saying. So are we saying Stephen Curry doesn't have functioning NBA players right now? Because I, he I bro, Kelly Oubre. I feel like we can put in different situations and they will function fine. Who? Where did Kelly Oubre ever except function? For, except for Andrew Wiggins, which I have said that I'm not too certain about him. We are still all waiting. Right, all right, I'm going to raise my hand. I'm, I'm out. Listen, I, I was giving Wiggins. I said he was all right. Now he balked on me. I didn't see it. Now I see it. He's dookie. So <laughs> I apologize. No, he's not dookie. <laughs> like, I, I am saying the jury is still no, out. Andrew. He still needs to show me something. My no, assessment like, came from like year. three years ago. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's his sixth year. But once again, like, it's a culture change, right? You go from playing in Minnesota to like winning basketball. People expect you to win. But even mm-hmm. Steve Kerr came out like a week ago and said, Yo, this is my fault. I shouldn't have threw them all the playbook, the whole entire playbook. That's terrible coaching. If you're a coach, well, you are, I coach with you. We're not going to throw the whole offense to our players. So yeah. the bet, so having the best point guard on the league doesn't usurp or help in this at all. Like it's just, this is what I'm saying. If Steph Curry is who we believe him to be, What's up? Like you supposed to take you supposed to take water and turn it to wine. We expect that from Kawhi. We expect that from KG. Jesus. We that relax. From like what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on? I'm just I'm just saying. We expect other superstars. That's because his bar is already high. Like I said before, y'all cannot do that to him. Everybody's gone. He's yeah, in like a rebuilding system. He came back off an injury. He's not in the bubble. Relax. We're six games in, and y'all like, oh, he, he's whack. Bro, that's a... Okay, so then to piggyback... 
unanimous decision. That's never been done before. So then to piggyback off Rel's point, but to circle back to what I said, it's not that Steph Curry is bad or he's trash, but you literally can't qualify for this question. You haven't been playing. Like Rel just said, you wasn't in the bubble. You got hurt. You messed up your hand. You aren't qualified for the best point guard in the league right now because you don't have enough games. You haven't been there. All right, we have to go to the next topic. But before we get – so my thing is you put Lillard over Steph because he scores more, right? But my thing is, like, what about impact, right? I feel like a lot of people forget about impact. My but, thing is, Steph, if, I honestly believe if, if Steph was able to play like Lillard, he would – they would win all the time, right? It's sporadically. Like, Steve Kerr lets him go sometimes. But think about it. The time he let him go in the finals, he scored 47. That was Steph. Everybody, oh my gosh, I didn't know Steph could do that. Yeah, hey, you go stand in the corner, you stand in the corner, send me this pick right here. I'm going to go to work. He don't get that. We talked about Lillard, the- He has to do that because he can't be, really, Lillard's not a good catch and shoot person. Wait, we, we talking about the 20, we talking about when they played Toronto. 2019, correct. When they lost. Hey, you you know like the, the like the starters were like injured, right? Like, <laughs> but I'm just but you're like, like what? But wait, I'm wait. Hold on, hold on. I'm just so we're giving we're giving participation and we're or we're giving like don't you did okay. Is hey, because there's one name and y'all listen. We speak about him today. But right. well, look, no, but I'm just saying if but if that, is the, that was what we doing, right? I thought that's what we was doing. So I'm not giving a participation trophy. I'm saying when he had the option to play like Dame Lillard, he he scored 47. You're talking about oh, for the grand scheme of things, did he lose the finals? Yes, they lost the finals. But that's not the question right now, right? No point guard by themselves has won the NBA final. Like that's impossible to do. I give you that, but it's like my but thing. What is the so then what are we talking about here? Make the playoffs. Like if you're if you're that like okay, Steph Curry is the same person that scored 47 in finals. Games in, bro. Which is which is a very good feat. <laughs> like I'm just saying, if Steph Curry is who we believe him to be, this isn't a debate. Make the playoffs. What what else is there to talk about? Okay, do we have the same energy if Russell Westbrook does not make the playoffs? Six yes, games and they're I one and five. It's the same energy. Yes, right, five. I, I started by saying he's bugging. He he won in five. All right. So look, we're gonna switch to start bench cut. Welcome to another edition of Start Bench Cut, where we have to start a player, bench a player, and unfortunately we have to make a hard decision of cutting a player. The first one for 2021. You guys ready? Well, this, this should be this should be interesting. I'm this should be interesting. Alright, you guys ready? Haley. <laughs> Start bench cut. Steph Curry, Dame Lillard, Kyrie Irving. Um, I'ma start. I'ma start Dame. I'ma bench Steph. Yeah, pardon me, Kyrie, but yeah, you gotta get cut, sir. Bro, I'm starting Curry. I'm benching Dame. I'm cutting Kyrie. Uh, I'm in greens. I'm starting Steph, benching Dame, and Kyrie. He gotta go. Yeah, Kyrie ain't make nobody roster. I mean, you know, <laughs> you don't do what they do. You not sit there and make 50 from the corner, 50 from the top of the key. You know, right, you gotta uh, shoot from half. Listen up, listen up. That was episode one, season four. We're going to keep this going as long as we can do this. How you guys feeling? Any closing remarks? Uh, I missed y'all, man. We back. Yeah, I missed the KC long man. answers. 
I'm glad y'all doing well, man. 2020 was, you know, 2020 is 2020. I'm glad y'all doing well. Like Rose said, glad to be back. Hope it never returns, bro. 21, we right. won. Let's get it. I'm your host, the best host, a.k.a. Yeah, Premium yeah. Nam, alongside the People's Champ, KC. And we got my man, Mr. Relative. Hey, follow us at Sports Redefined on all social media platforms. We out. <laughs>